Only when we enter the burned-out husk of the Rosen Tavern does the gray man speak again, introducing himself as we take seats around a charred table. His name is shockingly simple, John, and his presence is the most unsettling thing I've ever felt. Every time he looks at me, with eyes the color of blood, I get the sense that he can see right through my skin to the twisted thing I used to call a heart. But I keep my thoughts to myself, if only to allow Farley more room to air her grievances. She alternates between grumbling and shouting, arguing that we can't trust the strange man who appeared out of the ash. Once or twice, Shade has to calm her down, putting his hands on her arms to settle her. John sits through it all with a tight smile, staring down her oppositions, only speaking when she finally shuts her mouth. Welcome to Reading with the Rockefellers. This is episode 21, Glass Sword, chapter 21. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> We're finally creepy. synced up, episode and chapter number! <laughs> dance party, dance party, dance party. And I still didn't remember and questioned what episode we were doing before we started recording. We won't be like this for long, though. We haven't discussed nope. it as well. Yeah. We'll have to do some two-parters coming yeah. up. We're going to be getting into the nitty-gritty, guys, and stuff's going to start going crazy real quick. I know. I, we say that every week. I always feel like when I write the show notes, I'm like, this week is so bananas. And it's like, wait a minute. No, last week was so bananas. Mm-hmm. Ah. Oh, and next week, though, too. Oh, i got to find something else. But seriously, like, so the, yeah, the chapters just keep building upon themselves. And now here we have this guy who's like, I see everything, literally. And nobody wants to have anything really to do with him or what he has to say. Right. Because he's. I think he freaks everybody out too much. I, I Agreed. Yeah, he does. And I think. He just has that vibe. Yeah, he yes. I mean, like obviously he looks really weird, but it's like you just being around him, you just kind of get the feeling that there's something wrong with this dude. Yeah, and even I know even Cal mentions it, it may not be right now, but at some point, basically, that Sears in the Silver World aren't that big of a deal. Yeah, like you're well, and they can drive themselves crazy, right? Right. With because the the prophecies are changing. They only see the future of the course that's on right now. Right. Mm-hmm. So if one thing changes, everything changes. Right. Just like Alice in Twilight. She can only see the path that they're on right then. And then when somebody changes their path, what she sees changes. Right. So, all you know, of the, it's that situation. All of the prophecy type situations, and that's the one you went with? Because that's the, this exact same situation to where, like, sure when they change, when they make a decision that changes something, her vision completely changes, just like his. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I think she can only see the future. I don't think she can look into anybody's past and see things about them. Can't he, like, can't he, like, look at people and, like, know where they're from and stuff? Or no. does... He just he knows everything about them because he knows all the conversations he's going to have with them. And I and because even I mean, though he hasn't met them yet, he's obviously had this ability. Encounter. Sure. So I think that even after all this like started going on, he got word of it and he kind of saw this whole thing coming. Yeah. Yeah, because he tells them that they don't even need to introduce themselves. He knows who the four of them are. Right. So he's he's encountered Cal, Mare, Shade, and Farley. And he knows who all of them are. Yep. Though to be fair, 
It's not that hard to know who uh, half of those people are. No, that's true. I mean, Farley is probably the one that they're most shocked that he knows. I mean, I guess Shade, too, because they're relatively obscure. But I feel like they'd be more shocked about Shade than Farley. Yeah. Because at least, like, at least she was kind of there sometimes. They don't really know who she is. Right. Because they couldn't ever get her DNA anywhere. Shade stays mostly, it was a mix between mainly and And mostly. Mainly. Mainly. Um, Silent in this chapter, though. Shade is just kind of taking everything in here. He doesn't have a real opinion. No. He's, He's got other things on his mind that I think we'll find out probably pretty soon. Yeah. Shade, like platypi, doesn't do very much. Right. So Shade is Shade is watching over yeah. everybody, especially later on when the people that are not with our group now come back. But we find out that John has been tracking them. And he's been trying to coordinate his journey with theirs so that he can give them some information, pretty much. Yes. Yes. And it wasn't really hard for them to... For him to keep up with where they were going because of pretty much the spectacles that Maven Puts was on, making. Right. Either like they were going to be there or they had just been there. So not, this guy seems to unsettle everybody. Nobody in our group likes him. Yeah. He can, like, when he looks at you, you can tell he's reading your path your journey or whatever right. it's got to be incredibly unsettling yeah like Probably. now this guy knows everything that's going to happen to me from now until i die right. yeah i could ask him a question right now he already knows the question i'm gonna ask him yep. that's freaky so mayor's like you know kind of biting the bullet on this one and being like i don't he's not gonna be like nobody's gonna like having him here but he's a good addition we need him we could use we could use him, but yeah. nobody's gonna enjoy having him here because it's creepy. He's also, freaking everybody out because he's a jerk. He is. He's he also a jerk. kind of a douche. He sucks. Oh, but bad. Just as Mare is thinking that that he'd be a good addition to their team, he says, "I have no intention of joining you at the Notch, Miss Barrow." So as soon as she thinks it, he already knows because in her mind she's thinking about. Seeing him back there with her and all this right. other stuff. So, you know, which, I mean, I guess if he's already made up his mind, it wouldn't be on the thing. But he could probably let himself entertain it long enough to see what that vision plays out. Or sure, maybe, he's gotten very good at this by now. Or maybe she was already, she was going to ask a question. And right. that's what he, like, he wasn't necessarily seeing himself there with them. He was just seeing Mare asking the question. Seeing that she was going to ask, yeah. And I, I think it's why he answers the questions the way he does and talks the way he does, though, in a weird way. Because everything he's doing and seeing is based off of his visions of what he's going to see happen. Mm-hmm. Everything he does differently than what he sees changes things. Mm-hmm. So I think the first time the vision he probably had originally of this moment was them, her asking him, to go. Right. And he 
knows it's coming, so he stops it. But he just says, no, I'm not going to notch, because he knows that's already what's going to happen, so he's cutting off the conversation so right. it doesn't really go anywhere. So it doesn't really change the future, but it's changed what happened from what he saw a little bit, if that makes sense. This is why people who can see the future in any capacity, especially this one, is freaky and weird and no one should ever want it as a superpower because it would suck. Because anything yeah. you say could change it. Exactly. And also, that's such a huge burden. Yeah. Like, yeah. you feel like you'd need to change the future if it, something bad is going to happen. But then if you see that something good is going to happen, you're like, well... Now what do now I, I do? don't want to me- do anything to that could possibly mess that up. But in right. doing yeah. that, you're probably going to mess it up. Right. Well, and I mean, knowing that nobody's fate that you're seeing is necessarily set. So something could change to happen. Something could happen to change that person's path. Yep. But you're not going to see that. Like if you're, you know, say you shook hands with... I'll, I'll use Mark Wahlberg as the example because we were just talking about him missing one of those 9-11 planes. If you shook hands with Mark Wahlberg and you're Anthony Michael Hall from the Dead Zone or Christopher Walken from the Dead Zone, a week before 9-11, you would see them dying in that plane right. crash because at that moment they were supposed to die in that plane crash. But the minute they decided not to take the flight or woke up late for the flight in Seth MacFarlane's case, then that whole thing changes. But if you don't come into contact with that person at that time, you're not going to know that that has changed. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. All you're going to see is, you know, if they're on path for tragedy, all you're going to see is tragedy versus if they change their mind and the tragedy changes, mm-hmm. you're not going to see that. So, I mean, you could cut ties with somebody because you don't want to see them die tragically or you don't want to be around when they die tragically, then something could change and then everything is different. And you've just messed up that relationship. So I can't even imagine how hard this must be. Yeah. You know, your parents, when you're looking at your parents, you can tell when they're going to die. You know, that's just, he says later on, spoiler alert, but we'll get to it eventually. He knows when he's going to die. Yeah. Right. How much would that suck? It would suck pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, unless you go out like Kevin Klein and Dave, but you know. Everybody else, it's probably going to suck for you. So I can imagine that it's probably not easy for him to be around people. Probably why he stays to himself. Mm-hmm. And probably Although, why he cuts people off before they even ask questions. Because he just doesn't have the time or the patience. He's like, I'm so done with this. I know what you're going to say. May as well save you guys some time. I think he actually says that. Like, let me just save you some time. Right. This, 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 and this. And normally I would be like, yeah, I, I, I think that's like really hard for him to be around people. But when he's doing this whole thing, he seems to really enjoy it. Oh, sure. Like I, he really enjoys this. Like, uh, I know what you're going to say before you do. And it's like, dude, chill. I almost think you'd have to look at it that way, though. It's kind of like having a, mor- a morose sense of humor or a morbid sense of humor as like a medical examiner or a homicide detective where you kind of have to have that to get through what you have to get through, you know? Yeah. So it seems like he milks it a little though. Sure. But sometimes you're giving people the worst news they're going to get in their whole entire life. So. Yeah, it's true. cases for John mom. You don't want me to be a John apologist. Stop. 
I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, he does. He says, you know, I know what you're going to say. I figure I'd save us some time. Because he knows already that Mare is all about time and yep. precision and not wasting time. And she's got a mission to do. So he's yeah. like, I, if I'm going to appeal to this person, this is how I'm going to do it. And Farley's already so mad. She's just like, efficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She does not want to deal with this guy. She's already done. Yeah. She didn't even want to come in here. She's not happy about this at not all. Not happy about this at all. Neither is Shade. None of them, neither of them really like this dude. No one really likes him. But, like, at least Mare is the one that's, like, indulging him. Yeah. Farley's like, you know, you came, you came here to tell us something. You tracked us down to tell us something. Just tell us what it is that you want to tell us. And he's like, okay, so your friends failed. And they're going to be coming back soon. They're hurt. They're going to need medical attention. But it's nothing that Farley can't do on the plane. So, like, he already knows that Farley has medical knowledge and stuff. She doesn't like that. You know, I could just picture, like, you know, this is another producer's note. Shout out to the producers when (laughs) they make this. You have to film this scene with the character that plays Farley just, like, like, sideshow Bob quaking with... Anger. Anger and yeah. rage Beating. every time. Yeah. That's the only way this is going to work because she is not having this crap. No. no. Not at all. No. But he's basically he's referring to Gareth and Nanny. Yeah. And Nanny. And yeah. I think another thing that really bothers Farley is she doesn't like people knowing a lot about her. Right. And this guy knows everything. He knows way too much about her. Yeah. She hates it. Yeah. Shade gets up to make for them, you know, to get ready for them to return. And he tells him, you know, you've got some time. And also, Maven will not be following them. So, when the only thing that we're going to have to deal with when they get back here is just them. They're going to be injured, but there's not going to be any other surprises right. that come with them. And so, everybody is surprised that Maven's not yeah. following them. This is a bit of like... Mm. Really? Yeah, like he if isn't? he knows where they're at, why doesn't he just come and get him? And John looks at Mare because he knows that she already knows the answer. And it's the fact that Gareth can fly and nobody knows that and no silver has ever flown before. So if guards and stuff see Gareth flying and word gets out, then that ruins Maven's there's no new bloods argument. Nobody can know the existence of Gareth at all or see him fly without blowing Maven's cover. So they take a whole bunch of stuff and cameras and everything else for him to go have this showdown and Gareth takes off, then that's going to change everything. Correct. Yeah. And Maven can't afford to lose face right now. We already know that he's having issues as being a new king. He's facing people that want to usurp him. You know, yeah. there's still people out there, I'm sure, that are skeptical about how he obtained the throne. You know, so he has to do everything that looks on the up and up. And yeah. Gareth is way too much of a risk for that. Way too much of a risk. If it were one of the, uh, one of the new bloods that, like, has a ability similar to a silver ability, then it wouldn't be as bad. Mm-hmm. 
Right. It's the fact that it's specifically so unique. Yeah, nothing, something nobody else can do. And uh, John says that that's one of Maven's many mistakes. Yeah. Is trying to keep all of this so quiet and save face, but that they'll find that out soon enough. So whatever kind of foreshadowing that is. Just him being. Just him being a jerk. Yeah, pretty much. Right. And then at this point in time, Farley and Shade are just done. They're so done with this. They've had enough. Shade is like, did you come here to show off or waste our time? I don't understand. Like, what? (laughs) where is this conversation going? Are you going to tell us anything useful or are you just going to sit here and pull our legs all night? It's like, are you doing this because, like, you wanted to show off or is it literally just to waste our time? Yeah. I can't. We have a non-flinch, so take one off the flinch count, because John does not flinch here yeah. under Shade's scrutiny. For the dedicated people out there who have actually been keeping a flinch count, yeah. I, First of all, thank you. And send it to us. Second of all, send it to us, because we've lost count by now. We never were keeping count. I was keeping count at one point in time in my notes, like three, and then I lost it. Yeah, then then something happened. There was a bunch. There was one episode. I think it was the episode in the conservatory or whatever where they first, where Maven does his. I'm going to join the Scarlet Garden. There was like (laughs) it's like everything was going so bad. Your danger, Will Robinson arms, or right. There was a flinch. There was no flinching. Then there was more flinching. So it was like the count was screwed. Somebody out there has it. Send it to us because. We're we're lost and it's Christmas time. We don't have time to go back and listen to it all right now and count it all. But take one off the flinch count here and then send it to us because I promise you there's no other in here. We do get some mutters. We don't get any other flinches. So, uh, yeah, Shade comes at John. John doesn't flinch and but tells him, uh, like, indeed I did, Shade. I did come here to play games with you and show off and waste your time. Like, that's exactly what my purpose of meeting you where I met you is. Because if you went any further, Maven's eyes would see you. Right. And everything would be blown. Yeah, yep. you were you were heading right into a trap. Yeah, you were walking right into what he wanted you to walk into. So I intercepted you at just the right spot so you wouldn't walk into another trap. And he expects them to be impressed by this. It's like, dude, you just told us you could see the future. You knew you were going to do that. I, right. Right. Don't. Don't act like you can be like, yeah, I see literally everything. I see the whole current path that the world is on. And then be like, yeah, I intercept you at just the right moment. Be impressed by me. Like, yeah. dude, no. Yeah, the Taurus would have ended in death or worse fates for you. So, right. you know, I'm saving you from a fate worse than death is literally what he's saying. Oh, you're so noble. Mare thanks him. Mare is totally buying this Mare, hook, line, up. and sinker. She is buying every bit of this. She's like, oh, thanks for saving us. And Cal's like, he didn't save anything. He already knew what was going to happen. He already knew he was going to come here and stop us. That he, he knew all of this. Yep. This is just a big show to make his ego feel better because he can't be around normal people, basically. Right. And John just smiles at him 
And that makes Cal even more upset. Like, John has this kind of smirky smile. I picture, I've i seen a lot of pictures of BTK for some reason lately, and it's just been, like, a lot of BTK memes. And he's always got this smirk on his face, and yeah. I just picture that kind of being this look. Mm-hmm. Like, the I know so much more than you. Right. I'm so much smarter than you. You know, that face. Like, he just has this the smirk on his face. Yeah, the, How is he for, described? For me right now. Gray with red eyes. That's pretty that's much it. That's about it. He has he's like actually green. gray. That's the color of his skin. He has like long. He's just been living outside of society for so long. He has like longer gray hair, I think, because a little bit later he's brought up again later, uh, and it's it's something about like it being pulled back. Yeah. So I think his hair's a little longer on the on the long side. Like Jesus, but gray. Like Jesus, okay. but ashy. Yeah. Ashy Larry and Jesus put together. Ashy I was going Jesus. more like with current Steven Seagal, kind of bloated, fat, with no, pale, no, no, but no, no, gray. No. Very gaunt. Like, oh, yeah. really? Yeah, like a wisp of a man. Oh. He probably doesn't eat on a regular I basis. I think he was just like larger. No, he lives He lives on the outskirts of society. I've always you know, pictured travels. Like, like what it would look like if a bunch of, used a bunch of like gray pipe cleaners to make it human. So if Calista Flockhart were an old dude and she put on about 20 pounds. Or or just that skeleton that they were laughing about in Scary Movie 2. You just put like a gray cloak and some mm-hmm. and some gray hair on him and that's it. Yeah. So Okay, so basically like the old, old dude from Poltergeist 2. You know who I'm talking about? The old guy that was the one who... I've seen Poltergeist 2 in 35 years. Oh, man. I think it was in the third one too. But anyway. Anyway, I'm going to go back to the smirk. When I think of like a super like smirky face, it it's been so long, and yet I still think about Sebastian from Glee and the line that Kurt says, "I don't like your smirky little meerkat face." Mm-hmm. I told you how much you were gonna hate Sebastian. It's awful. God, it's awful. He sucks so bad. I'm sorry, Grant Gustin. I'm sure you're a <laughs> wonderful, normal, lovely human being. Stephen Amell has fantastic things to say about you. I can't stand you. I'm sorry. <laughs> You played, you played Sebastian too good. It, Who's Sebastian? The warbler that sits oh, yeah. in Blaine's face. It's like, man, I don't have a problem with you. I have a problem with this character you played. I am sure you're a wonderful guy. Yeah, blinded Blaine for half a season or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, or I kind of picture. Um, oh, I had it right on the tip of my tongue and From then what? I lost it. I can't remember. <laughs> oh, I was wondering when we were just going to make the obvious comparison to Bruno. Bruno. From Encanto. What? The obvious comparison? The, the, Where is this obvious comparison I, coming from? Um, the thin dude? Yeah, like the the uh, barely a silhouette fading in and out of the darkness. You know, sneaking around, only making himself known when he wants to. Like visual wise, there's no real right, similarities not except Colombian. for the fact he's super thin. Right. Just picture him Canadian instead of Colombian. With gray hair. With gray hair. Uh, it's hard for me to draw parallels to an animated character, unless I'm just seeing him animated, and that doesn't help us. Fair enough. Somebody draw us Bruno from Encanto, <laughs> but gray. Yeah. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah. He's ready to show off some more, though. Oh, 
you stop. Because Cal, Cal tells him that he's seen people like him before. I'm, I'm assuming eyes that don't know how to use their power very well and have driven themselves crazy. I or think, other people crazy. Yeah, I think they kind of hint at why here why there's not a lot of eyes yeah. around because a lot of them drive themselves crazy, chasing imaginary paths, things that are never going to happen. And, and then one thing will trip up and that'll change their path and they'll try to get back on that. And the thing about eyes is they can only see the immediate future. Yeah, so they it's can't little... see long term. They'll They'll be like... They'll make a change thinking they need to and they don't or something like that. So it'll drive them even more crazy. Yeah. That's kind of what it seems to me that they're getting at. You know, Cal talks like he knows about this or has read about it happening a lot. So I'm thinking that it's probably something that an eye that's not properly trained has happened to them or can do to somebody else. Yeah. And John tells him, you know, that that's fine. He can choose to believe him or not, but that ultimately he will. Like, I'm going to leave the choice up to you. You can choose to believe me or not, but I'm going to tell you right now that you do choose to believe me right around the time you discover the prison. So I'm just going to drop that there. Not only are you going to discover the prison, but that's around the time you're going to start believing me. It's going to take you that long to absorb everything that I've said and believe me. Where Mare's over there just like, yeah, why? (laughs) Yeah, why? She's like totally buying into all this. Yeah, why? Like a wide-eyed little chat. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're all just looking at her like, what is your problem? You literally talk about how you can't trust anybody. This dude pops up like a golem out of the ashy earth, spouts a bunch of crap that amounts to basically parlor tricks, mm-hmm. right? And you believe him, yep. And she's like, "Parlor tricks," you know. Yeah. You're so indignant that anybody could not believe everything that's just happened. Like, how could he run right at, or how could Farley run right at him from behind, not making any noise, and him move? It has to be, you know what I mean? Like. She just, she's not trying to hear right now right. that what she's seeing is not real. It's like, she Mayor, you could trust, la, 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 la. Yeah. She wants so desperately to trust in something at this point. Because yeah. she just doesn't have anything that she can grab onto. And she wants this to be something that she can grab sure. onto. Yeah. This is not what she should be grabbing onto. Just. No. Not this guy. Just, this yeah, guy. as a little, as a little hint, Mayor, honey. No. 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 This guy is so unstable. In a world full of instability. So Cal is going to start believing him sometime around when they find the prison. And then he says, you are a friend of Julian Jacobs, are you not? And Mare, that... If, up. if Mare wasn't hook, line, and sinker before this moment... She is. She, he's got her now. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Like, how could he know about Julian... Uh, if not for, you know, his power, there's right. no way that he would know about right. Julian. And Mare's like, yeah, you know, we know Julian. Is he still alive? And John's eyes glaze over and he mutters to himself and he kind of scratches at the table yeah, like a pawing like- cat. You know, he's going through this whole thing, having this vision. If you guys could see how 
much I am rolling my eyes. <laughs> it's like she took them out of her head and rolled them across, across the, table, the table, and they bumped into the and headphone. It makes you wonder if he actually has to do that or if he just does this part for show. This part is totally for show, I think. Yeah. Totally for show. Like, I, I'm, I'm I, working so hard. I also imagine that he's come into a lot of situations where he's used this incorrectly and has seen himself die. <laughs> and is like, if I don't change this real fast, these people are going to kill me because of what I just told them. Right. So he has to get really good at like giving people news in a way that is going to uh, not cause them to immediately snap his neck. Correct. He, there's, I don't know how else John to put it. Spencering. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Like he's just, he's doing all this extraneous crap yeah. just because. Yep. Yeah. I'm sure it does help sell it. Yeah. Probably. You know, he's he's got to go for the big guns, especially because when he decides he's going to say it, he can see how, like, okay, I decided I'm going to say it. This is it playing out as me saying it. This is how they're going to react. So he's running this in his mind before he even tells them what it is that he's right. going to say. Like, I'm sure the whole thing of him acting out that vision was the whole thing was not the vision. No. He's adding some parlor tricks on, like the fortune teller and mall rats. Oh, yeah. You know, he's adding all of this stuff on to ease them into what he's got to tell them. Because he says, yes, Julian is still alive, but he is already scheduled to be executed as is, and then he pauses for a little bit. Dude! For dramatic effect, Mia took her eyes out and rolled them, and they rolled off the table, past the headphone amp, onto the floor. Onto the floor, and I had to go and retrieve them. Go pick them up and put them back in her head. We're going to take her to the ER after this is all over and make sure she's okay. Mm. Man, she rolled those eyes. <laughs> Dude! So, he's, he's got them now. And he knows that they're going to have a ton of questions. So he just lays out this soliloquy, basically, to pump up his ego. He says, Maven plans to announce their executions to set another trap for you and yours. They are being held at Koros Prison. So there's the prison he already talked about. It's not abandoned, Tiberius, but rebuilt for silver imprisonment. Silent stone in the walls, diamond glass reinforcements, and military guards. No, that's not all for Julian and Sarah. There are other dissenters within the cells, imprisoned for questioning the new king or crossing his mother. House Lairlan has been particularly difficult, as well as House Aral, and new blood prisoners are proving to be just as dangerous as the Silvers. <coughs> Mayor okay. loses it at this point. I need to take a second. This is the part where Mayor's not happy. I I want to punch this guy in the face repeatedly. Yes. And a lot. Yeah. And just uh it's like I understand he's being efficient, but it's the fact that he's like he has to be like and no it's blah 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 blah. It's like dude just explain it. Explain it like a normal human being, please. Yeah. He enjoys exasperating people for sure. Yes. And he tells her um, that, yes, he means the New Bloods, the ones that they never found, that they presumed missing. They weren't murdered by Maven and hidden away someplace. They have been taken, and they are at this place 
being held by Alara and Maven. Yeah, by Alara and Maven, and Alara is basically going to use them as puppets. Yep. Okay. So Operation Human Shield 2.0. I love that Mare was like, "Excuse me, new bloods," and it's like, "I, would you? I mean, I." Yeah, new bloods. Yeah, new bloods. I don't. Mare's not. I thought it came with the new bloods. Thinking he had to. About like, Mare's just like, well, I mean, he just he's one of the Herbies. He's just killing all these people, and it's like, but he's still smart, right? Well, and this is Alara. Right. About. Of course, she's going to use them. Yeah, and John tells them that Julian was there to study them. They they had Julian there, and he had the opportunity to study the New Bloods, and he refused to do it. And that's why he's in prison. Yeah, and that's why he's in prison, and he's going to be executed because Alara was trying to get him to push them to their limits, so she could see what they could do. And also send somebody in there. I mean, if it comes right down to it, Julian has his power. Right. That he can use that people don't know. People know Alara has a power. So right. They and can how control that around is. her to an extent. People don't know about Julian and his power so one-on-one. So if he gets alone in a room with you, yeah. you know, we've seen how powerful he can be. He doesn't like to do he that. He doesn't like to, but, but that's he, clearly what Alara was right. going to try to do, oh, yeah. to use him to coax this information out of these new bloods that are probably scared to death yeah. of where they're at. Yeah. Well, and it may make it twice as efficient if he's he's doing it as well as her, ripping it from their minds. Yeah, exactly. She'll get the raw information, not right. what they want her to see. So he tells him, he tells her, Mare, John tells Mare that her new mission needs to be to make sure that this doesn't happen. That they don't, aren't able to execute Julian. And that, and that the new bloods yeah. aren't turned. Yeah, being used as puppets by Alara. Because a lot of these are very, very powerful abilities right. that she can use. Against them. Against them. Yeah. yeah. And it'll be like Captain America Civil War, you know, just superpower versus <laughs> superpower. Right. And then Mare's like, well, what'll happen if we do succeed? Can you see that? And John's just like, yeah, nah. Nah. And Mare's... Because Mare, not on the current path. Yeah. And Mare's thinking, if he's lying, I can't tell. It's like, right. you've never been good at telling when people are right. lying, You girl. just met this dude like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> How can you even know his tells? Like, Right. It's just, Plus, he's been doing this for so long. Yeah. That he's going to know how to fool you with oh, yeah. what he says. You basically sure. dated a dude for a few weeks and still couldn't tell he was lying. Yeah, yeah. he was like 17. Yeah, exactly. John says that right now the only path that he can see them on is they survive the... They go on to Pataris. They don't listen to him. They go on to Pataris. They survive that trap, and four days later they all die. That's the only thing he can see right now. They wait mm. too long to get to the prison, and... You know, it's the end of them. But as soon as he says that and they all realize it, then the vision changes. 
So it's like, oh, that's super convenient for you, dude. Like, right. this yeah. was our fate right up until the time you told us. And okay. it's like, it's still like another strange, sad smile. Yeah. This guy's little smirky thing. Yeah, Cal just like slams his hand down on the table. He's done with this. Yeah. It would have been funny if Cal just torched him right then and there. Just barbecued him. Yeah, and Farley's Didn't like, see that coming, did you? Right. Farley's like, uh, you know, all we have is your word. We don't have any other proof. You know, she's siding with Cal on this one. They both look at each other, like, very surprised. Right. Cal's like, man, I'm getting along with Kalorn and Farley. Like, what's going on here? Why is Mare the instigator against everybody and I'm just, suddenly... Yeah, can I just say that I love this world now? into it. I love the world where Cal, where Cal Farley, and... Kalorin all get along. I don't know why. Yeah. The world I want to live in. It's so beautiful. Yeah, exactly. This is the version of these characters I want to... Well, this is the comp... Okay. Never mind. What? (laughs) This is... I I, I like it when they all get along, but there are definitely better versions of each of these characters than right here. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Mare is thinking to herself in this situation that it's easier to believe that John is a phony. Right. Right. It's easier to believe that this is is all fake than somebody actually having this power. That's true. Having to deal with there being somebody like this in the real world. It's not something your brain wants to accept. Right. That's a fair. However, with all the other powers in this world, this is like... The really un- okay, this is really unbelievable. But it's like, really, you, you've made it this far. You've seen all this. This is what's tripping you up, right? This is what you're you're not believing that this guy can actually do this. You just you just you just had a guy that could fly fly off with a woman who can change how she looks, right? And you're freaking out because right. this guy could see the future. You didn't see that coming. She went away as like a fat dude and came back as a baby, right? And that's more believable than this dude being able to see. The future, the future right. in straight lines only. I think that in fairness, he does himself no service by being such a douche. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, you're he not going to get through no. somebody like Farley's bastard-coated exterior by, you know, by trying to smooth talk your way into this car salesman style. Like, right. She's not going to buy that. Yeah. She doesn't like the way he's talking to her, talking down to her. You know, she's she's not along for this ride at all. And if she's not, then Shade's not. She no. wouldn't even take that from her dad. Exactly. Why would she take it from anyone else? Yeah, exactly. So Alara's plans need to be stopped is what he's saying, yeah. basically. And it has to be, like, immediately because... They haven't gotten there quick enough, apparently, right. even now that he's told them. Right. So he wants them to change their plans after he's already told them that they're were being led into a trap. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, they have, they really have no reason to believe him, you know, or no reason not to believe him. Right. It's kind of six of one, half dozen the it other. It really is. You know, like, oh, if we continue what we were doing, we're going into a trap. If we do what he's doing, we might be going into a trap. Right. Either way, it's not good. Because they have no way to validate if he's 
lying or not. Right, if he's telling the truth. Because he can't tell them anything about their past, really. Right, right. He's done what he can to try to get them to believe him, but that's all he can do. Mare just has this gut feeling, this base instinct to believe what he's saying, even if how he's saying it and how he's coming across is not the ideal presentation. Right, exactly. She's like, I believe in what he's saying, even though he's saying it like An a $5 fortune teller. Right. I still think that what he's saying is true. And of course, that's going to play into the mission that she wanted to like set for themselves anyway. You know, this is only f- adding fuel to the we have to stop Maven and Alara right. fire. So, of course, she's going to play right into that. Yeah. So everybody else just thinks that he's telling her what she wants to hear. Correct. Which he kind of is telling her what she wants to hear, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not true. That's where the conundrum is, I think, for them. Yeah. Here's where everything kind of changes with this little speech. He says, I see the crown dripping blood, a storm without thunder, shadow twisting on a bed of flames. Cal doesn't like that. I see lakes flooding their shores, swallowing men whole. I see a man with one red eye, his coat blue, his gun smoking. Farley stops him right there. Yeah. Enough. Done. Not into this at all. Well, we know, she doesn't want to hear the rest. You of know it. who she he just described. Yep, she knows exactly who he's talking about. And That's that. Dad. Like, how else could he know anything about the Colonel, really? Right. You know, especially the eye, like that, you know. Yeah. He has to know who that person is to be able to yep. relate that to them. Yeah. And to be able to describe him that way and in that specific situation. Yeah. And Mare's like, I believe him. You know, I I can't believe any of my friends, but I can align myself with this dude for whatever, whatever reason. reason. Cal looks at her like she's grown a second head. And she just shrugs at him, like, I don't know what you want from me. I believe what he's saying. That's the only thing I can tell you. And then John starts to, you know, look at her, obviously, like, reading whatever future she's on right now, whatever path she's taking in her head, which is, you know, how to get to this prison, like, as soon as humanly possible. And she gets uncomfortable under the weight. Of his stare. She says that this is the only time she wishes she could go back to wearing silk and armor and be the leader that she pretended to be instead of this, you know, threadbare, bone skin. Exhausted. Yeah, exhausted, scary looking person that she probably is. Right. Because that just makes her more of an easy target to be read. The mental state that she's in. And she wonders if John can see her brand. And she's like, probably not, but he knows that it's there. Like, just because she's thinking of it, he knows that it's there. Girl. Girl. So, Mare's like, okay, so where's this prison? And Cal's like, uh, no, Mare, stop. (laughs) No, Ned Bear. Yeah. Bad girl. She doesn't uh-uh. even she doesn't even register that. She's like, <laughs> you can drop me off on the way. I'm not leaving them to become Alari's puppets. 
And she definitely won't abandon Julian again. Yeah. Like she, this put her on a mission and she's not going to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're the one that told her that if Julian. we don't do what we said, then we're going to die. Yeah. We have four days after this if we don't do what he said, according to him. None of them want to buy into this. Right. But she is ready to sign up hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. And, and Cal even looks at John and says, do you even lift, bro? Yeah. <laughs> Do you even subway, bro? Julian. Uh, right. Anyway. Uh, Mare studies him as he's looking at her. You know, they're kind of regarding each other, having a moment, these two, where everybody else is just looking at them in complete disbelief. But she's looking at him, and she sees another red, somebody like her. You know, he has all these magical abilities, but when you look at him, he still looks just like any other red. Right. Yeah. And that's comforting to her because she doesn't have any other new bloods with her right now. And she's the only one that can relate. Well, I mean, she's not the only one that can relate to that because Shade's there, but like, she's the one that can relate to it the most, I yeah. guess. Being an outcast, even among outcasts. Right. Basically. Yeah. She goes right back at it again. So where's this prison? Where's the thing at? Not not relenting at all. And John says, instead of answering where the prison is, he says, they'll never let you go alone. And I think we both know that. You know, he's answering her questions before she, or, or statements before she even says them again. Right, they're going with her. And he all of a sudden, like, Stares the, off again, and then the, he says, rain, and stands up like it's going to rain. Right now, we got to go. The first thing that he says that doesn't make me want to punch him in the face is, is the, rain? like, no, the, they won't let you go alone, but I think we both know that. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, that, I don't want to repeatedly hurt you. Yeah. Good job, buddy. Trying to put us on this same plane and relate to you a little yep. bit. Uh, so they walk from this uh, bar, pub thing, whatever, in Rosen back to the jet. And by the time they get there, you know, everybody's a drowned rat because it's raining. and Everybody's cranky. And here come Gareth and Nanny back. And Gareth is described as a slowing meteor of wet clothes and blood, which is really disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to think about that. I don't like that. Somehow he touches down just fine, even though he's on a leg that's later referred to as useless. Yeah. Also, there's... Yeah. I guess guess he can land on one leg like a flamingo. Not really sure how that power works. Yeah. He also is holding what appears to be a little baby in a bundle that springs out of his arms and transforms into a woman in her 60s in midair. I have a I'm question. Assuming it was much easier and much less conspicuous to carry a baby than it was to carry a yeah older woman. What is the clothing situation? Is Nanny currently? Naked? Yeah, I a feel diaper? like this might be one of those Jacob Black situations. To go back to Twilight, like you know, how does Jacob just always have pants on when he <laughs> turns back in from being a werewolf? But not a shirt, because you know his entire job in those movies was just to to be not have a shirt on, right? Right. Yeah. And then still got stood up by the first time that... What are shirts? Oh, they're uh, horrible. They cover Robert up your Pattinson awesome Robert Pattinson took, took off his shirt. Yeah. 
she hits the ground and stumbles down to one knee. So Nanny is not as sure-footed on two feet as Gareth is on Apparently one on leg. One. Yeah. I, I now I imagine the flamingo. Thanks, that helped. Yeah. Well, she's sixty. She she did transformed in midair, so she landed and broke both her hips. Right. right. She landed. And I can't get it. That's her voice. That's the voice you gave her. That's what we're going. That's, That's what we're going. What we're going with. She hurt her hips. Her, her lips. She landed on her face. She hurt her hips. So of course she's she's got a gravelly voice. He tells Gareth tells them that they were ambushed in Pataris and that Nanny got away clean, but they surrounded him and he had to upend half a city block before he could break off. So I guess he just had to make it float off. Yeah. Just rise, you know, break the strings of gravity like he does. And hilarious. I don't know. Why didn't he just take the people? That's a good question. And just be like, pew, 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 and just fling them all off. Yeah. Well, we're later. Pew, 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 pew. Later, we're gonna doesn't, see he can do that. Doesn't that seem much easier than just picking up houses and stuff like that? Like we we get to see Gareth do his thing later, and it is pew, cool. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah, he do. I can work. see that. Uh, even though John already told them that Maven wasn't gonna follow, Mare keeps looking at the sky for signs of a ship because she's seen how easy. Her worst nightmare is to come true and Maven just to be there all of a sudden. And she is afraid that that's going to happen. Because if John was lying, then that would be the easiest way to tell. Yeah. It'd be Maven show up. Yeah. And uh, John says, I told you they're not coming. And Gareth says, yeah, I don't think anyone followed us. And Farley says, was the little beast there? Yeah. And Gareth says yes. Sentinels were there, so the king couldn't have been far. Farley is so angry. She curses under her breath. Yeah. And not happy about Mare this. says, thinks, I don't know who she's angry, angrier at. Maven for ambushing our friends or John for being right. Yeah. I'm going to say John for being right. Probably, yes. but it's a toss-up at this point in time. He, John points to Gareth's leg and says, that's worse than, or that wor- looks worse than it is. Um, and she's bone tired and exhausted and some blankets should help. So he's already telling them like how to treat these wounds without them asking him for help. Which I think is what Farley really dislikes the most. Yeah, She doesn't like asking for people people for help she's definitely not going to want unsolicited help. no <laughs> right and <laughs> like i can figure this out all on my own thank you very much you think she's one of those people where it's like she doesn't like asking for help but she knows that she needs it and like when she gets it it's still welcome that's not farley she just no. doesn't want right. to help her right no it's not nanny doesn't like this either when when uh they're told that she's bone tired and you know needs blankets to Right. Recharge. And she's like, I don't want to be wrapped up and put away. You know, she's not happy with that. So he's just pissing everybody off. <laughs> she snaps at Here's Shade because of it. To make it for you. Yeah. She's like, let me walk on my own. You know, she's just not having any of this. And he, reminds you me know, of Nanny, I another, know. I was going to say it, but, you know, you said it first. So he just stands back and kind of lets her do her thing and 
like, all right, you know, but he stays right there just in case she happens to fall again, because that's what kind of dude Shade is. Yeah. Mare keeps having this thought, trust the vision, not the man. So trust what he's seeing, even though the way that he's presenting the information to us isn't necessarily the most communicable okay. or the one that pervades the most trust. Normally, I would say yes. However, you're still hearing it from him. It's not like he has like shown any of this to you. Right. He's just told you about it. Yeah. So saying that does not track. Right. Because if you're not trusting him, he could still be lying about what he's seeing. Yeah. True. Very true story. But maybe that's just how I work. She tells him that Cal's got a thing against mind games. And then she sparks up a little in her hand and says, and And so so do I. I. You know, just kind of letting him know that, hey, if you're pulling my leg on this, it's not going to end well for you. And he says, "Um, I don't play games. Even when I was a little boy, this made it hard to find competition, you see, and points at his head. Like, I don't play games because I'm so much better at them than everybody else. It wasn't even fair. Because he could see everything. Because he could see everything. He could already see the outcome. Right. Honestly, not, not really good. doing anything to endear himself to these nope. people at all. With not every helping word your case, dude. And she says, that's not what I meant. Like, I didn't mean actual games of the mind. And he's like, you know, I know that's not what you meant. He doesn't even have to let her say it. He cuts right. her off, which makes her even more upset. She spins on her heels. Yeah. Save my words. <laughs> she spins on her heel to go back to the jet, you know, expecting him to storm off after her like everybody else does. Right. And then she kind of looks back to double check and make sure, but he's not following her. He's staring off into the rain, you know, lost into another vision. And he says, this is where I leave you. And she says, I thought you were going to help us with the prison. And that doesn't work. That doesn't change his mind at all. So she tries the tactic that she tries when she does the Coach Calipari of living room recruitments with New Bloods. Uh, That's what I picture it like, a, you know, college recruiting thing when they come and they like kiss your mom's butt and stuff. Yeah. It's like, Maven is hunting you, too. He's killing all of us, and he'll kill you when he gets the chance. John laughs so hard that he doubles over. This makes Mare very angry. She does not like being laughed at. Yeah. At all. And uh, he says to her, you don't think the moment that you don't think I know the moment I die? I do, Miss Barrow, and it will not be at the king's hands. She is just gnashing her teeth in frustration. It's like biblical amounts of frustration right Right. now. And, you know, she's like, all of these other people that we've presented this to, they stay and they fight. Why is he not like that? You know, she's also not considering to herself that he's not from Norda. This isn't his war. This isn't his king. Right. He doesn't really have any skin in this game. Or the only fact is that, like, it's one of those deals where she's trying to tell him, hey, this won't necessarily stop at Norton borders. If Maven gets the chance, he will take this across other borders and anybody with powers will be killed. And 
the but the thing is, it's like it's not only that, but he doesn't care. Right. He really doesn't. He's he's I feel like he's kind of he's trying to pull the Doctor Strange in Infinity War. Sort of. The like well I you know, I know exactly how this has to go for it to work. It's right. Like, dude, shut up. Yeah. We don't care. Out of all of those, how many do you see working? And he's like one. one. Yeah. Or the shut up everybody. I can write whatever I want because this happens. Yeah, pretty much. Boom. Pretty much. Um, she sparks up again and she says, you know, I can make you come with us. Like, basically, I can incapacitate you and drag you onto this jet and you won't have any control over it. And he says, I know you can, but I also know that you won't. And that makes her even more upset. She does not like this. We're kind of of seeing a little more parallel between her and Farley than we have before with this resistance to being told, you know, their fate. They don't like that at all from this guy. And he says, um, you know, but take heart because we will meet again. When you leave, I'm not coming with you, but we will see each other again. So our paths will cross again. <sighs> Sorry. I hate this guy a lot. I do too. I mean, again, it's his personality. Like, I understand that there that you have to watch what you say and speak kind of watch how you talk and watch what yeah. you release in this situation. But the way he goes about it is still very, yeah, no tact. It's like it's just amusing himself whatsoever. Yeah. No tact. And she says, we need you, you know, she's screaming at him from the jet at this point over the, over the rain. And he says, trust me when I say that you don't. And then he gives them instructions on where to go. Yeah. Blah, blah, from blah, blah, here. blah, blah. Right. Uh, Turn this way onto this street. Fly to the outskirts of Siracus to Little Sword Lake. Protect what you find there or your friends are as good as dead. That's the information he's going to give them. Right. So not, not anything else than that. She repeats the words to commit them to memory. And he says, not tomorrow, not tonight, now. You have to fly there now. And she says, well, what are we looking for? You know, you, you just said protect what we find. What, did it, what is it that we're supposed to find? And he says, you'll know. What like, is, I mean, this, this, this guy. Yeah. This guy. As, as the rain's coming down harder and he's basically like disappearing into the gray in the mist of the rain. And Mayor's standing there holding a boombox playing in exactly. your eyes trying to get him to come back. Exactly. Just tell me. Why won't you just tell me? I don't want to get sued. Uh. He, John adds an exclamation point onto all of this. And he says, tell Diana when she doubts, tell her the answer to her question is yes. Knowing what this is. Mare's like, listen, I can't tell Farley anything. <laughs> Knowing what this, this whole thing means. I, it's just like, dude, why? Yeah. Why? She's like, what question? And he says, just attend to your own fate, Mayor Barrow. You know, like, 
what what's going to happen to other people, you can't change that. You yeah. can only change what's going to happen to you. And right, right now I see you dying in four days. So take my advice and go do what I told you to. And just tell Diana that when she's in doubt, the answer to her question is yes. Also, I'm just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna say that when this the question gets answered is literally the worst time ever possible. Pretty much. So, you know. Yeah. We'll get there. When when he says attend to your own fate, she says, and that is, and he says to rise. And rise alone. So everything that she's been thinking this whole time about how she's alone and there's nobody else with her. Like this has just cemented that. That everything that she's going to have to do. They may be with her physically. But they are not her. They're not going to have to go through the same things that she's going to have to go through. And then he says, I see you as you could become. No longer the lightning, but the storm. The storm that will swallow the entire world. And it's like he's, you know, like looking through her, like his eyes are burning into her, seeing every future. Because as her mind is going through these things, he's able to see them and read them in her. So it's kind of like an exchange of ideas almost, you know, as she's going through all of these things in her head. And then he just makes that stupid smile again and then disappears. And she can't see him anymore. So the only thing that is more powerful than her confusion is like her rage and anger. And she's just furious. She does not want this question of having to be alone to be answered. That's not what she wanted to hear. Is that she's going to have to do this alone. Even though I think the whole time she pretty much knew that that's what was going to have to happen. She's always thought it was. Yeah. She tells them, you know, that he's not coming with them and Farley's like, good, we don't need that crazy old loon anyways. And uh, uh, Mare says that old loon could have won this war outright. So even though she's still not happy about it. Shade said that. Oh, Shade said that? Yeah. I know it says that Shade puts his arm on her shoulder, but I wasn't sure if it sure actually that, came from Shade. Yeah, I feel like those would have been, it would have been separated and explained better if Shade wasn't the one that said it. Right. I don't, I don't have what you call it markings in mind, paragraph but splits in mind. But still, it's, I mean, it's clearly, that's true, but you're, he could also lose it for you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's like, you know, he can he can tell us certain things, but if we lose communication with him and something changes, we won't know. You right. know, he can't be the most reliable source of information. Correct. So, and Go ahead. Uh Cal is like Cal's not really having this. He's not interested in this. He's not liking what this guy has to say. He doesn't want to change the plans based on this guy's word. That doesn't follow any of the military strategy stuff. No. That he knows. You know, he's like, do you really want to storm a secret prison built for people like us? And she says, well, would you rather let Julian die? That's what I thought. 
And yeah. yeah, Cal can't answer that because, of course, he doesn't want Julian to die. That's his uncle. Right. So, Especially knowing what he knows for sure now. Yeah. He says, he says, we have to regroup and get a plan together. Anyone who wants to come is welcome, but no kids. And Mayor's like, yes, no kids. I don't want to bring any of the little ones al- along with us. I know they all love you, but we're not going to go fight for the lives of young people with more young people. Right. That's not worth it to her. Literally defeats the purpose. Yeah. They might be doing well in training and they might respond well to Cal as a trainer, but it's not worth it to her to take them with them. No. And then Gareth is like instantly on this. He's like, whatever you're talking about, I'm in. Though I would like to know what I'm signing up for. Yeah. Nanny, just bringing out the jokes. Yeah, just tell me. I'm down, but just tell me what it is. Right. So I know. You Don't know. BS me. Right. Just tell me what it is. Um, and Nanny tells him that just because you're shot in the leg doesn't mean you can stop paying attention. <laughs> it's a prison break. Like, how have you not been paying attention? What have you been doing over there? All Why they've is been she talking so funny? about is the Sassy prison. old bird. Because she just doesn't have time for your crap. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's just like, listen... I'm 105 years old. We got stuff to do. Let's quit yapping and go do it. Right. I might just just kill over and die at any moment. Any second. I got stuff to get done. And yeah, Farley is all in on that. You know, Farley likes the no BS attitude. Let's get stuff done. And she says that, you know, this is a wild goose chase. Blah, blah, blah. Taking the word of a madman doesn't get you anywhere. It's no good. And Nanny doesn't like this, you know, this realization that they're just taking this guy's word for it. And she's like, is that true, Mare? And and, uh, Shade says, well, madman's a bit harsh, but then doesn't deny it. You know what I mean? Like, I prefer to use the term crazy person. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't want to go so far as to say madman, but I don't know any other term to really use, so we'll just keep calling him madman. Yeah. And then, you know, Mare thinks to herself, I believe him and they trust me, so that's all that matters. Plus, they got confirmation from Gareth that, you know, what happened in Pataris didn't work. Right. So, you know, yeah. they don't have any reason really other than not liking what he said and the way he said it. They don't have any other reason to not believe him. True. And that's what I think makes Mare so mad. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. And, you know, she's like, if everything else that he said is right, why would he lie about the jail? Why would he tell us all these things are right and then lie about the jail? Right. Why would he stop getting us from getting us trapped to let us get trapped? Exactly. Exactly. Why would he take us out of one trap just to lead us into another? If they're all Maven's traps, what does it matter? Unless maybe Maven was pulling his strings and was lazy and just was like, you know what, just bring him straight to me. Right. I don't know. Right. So she basically, she just screams, you know, he didn't lie. Like, why aren't you guys believing me? And then, because you have an awful right, internal right, right. lie detector, yeah, terrible. Uh, <coughs> Maven, 
Right, right. <laughs> Terrible uh, judgment of character. Right. So they're flying away. They burst through the top of the rain clouds, and all of a sudden it's sunny out. Whee! And it's like throwing off an iron weight. And everybody kind of feels like, did that actually happen? You know, did everything that just happened down there, now that we're in the sunshine, did any of that really happen? Is that just a dream? Or like... Is everything that's happening now happening now? Were were we just high? And none of this seems real. So she tells Cal, you know, take us to Little Sword Lake. John said we would find something there, something that would help. She expects more arguments, but nobody Nobody argues argues with her. They're like, you know, it's just pointless at this point in time. We've got to go somewhere. Let's go there. We might as well go there. So no one wants to make the lightning girl angry when they're flying in a metal tube. Exactly right. Yes. Even though I doubt she would do anything to take that plane down because she's just as scared of it as everybody else. Not consciously. But, but when, she, right, she got mad. When she gets angry. Yeah. And they she just got out of an out. electrical storm. Yes. So, yeah, you don't really want to take any chances with that. Um, And... So as they're flying above the storm, she can feel the lightning strike out of the clouds that are below them. And she says each one feels like an extension of herself. So she's hyping herself up for whatever it is that they're going to go find in the only way that she can. Yeah. So they're they're not that far from the lake. They fly to it. Barely an inconvenience. Yeah, super easy. Barely an inconvenience. Yeah. Hal circles the runway a couple of times, metaphorically speaking, before he actually finds it. Right. And then they touch down, and pretty much the minute they touch down, Mare bolts out of the plane. It's like, there's something here that we're looking for. I'll know when I find it. It'll help us from here. I got to go find it. She's just like eager beaver off this plane. Wee. And... Yeah, exactly. Shade is right behind her because Shade doesn't let people he loves out of his sight very often. And she's like, you know, just going for it. She knows where this lake is. She remembers the map in her head. And she's like, it's about a mile north of where we are. So she gets out of the plane, makes a run for the tree line, and barely gets there before she hears a really familiar sound. The click of a gun. Hooray! <laughs> yeah. You've gone all this way now to only have somebody hold the gun to your head. Congratulations, Mayor. That's you just walked into is. another trap. Yep. But d- you, Admiral Akbar, it's a trap! It's a trap! It's a trap! Yeah. Kind of, you know, like, in almost every episode of Psych. There's a pineapple? Yeah. In every episode of this, there's Admiral Akbar jumping up, screaming, it's a trap. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Attack the Superstar Destroyer. Yeah. We won't last long against that thing. We'll last longer than we will against that Death Star. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, have they just been extricated from one trap into another? Who was there waiting for them? What will they find and what will be left of them after they do? That's, bum, uh, bum, bum. What, that's Friday the 13th, right? What will they find at Camp Crystal Lake, and what will they be left of them? What will be left of them after they? I think so. I think it's Friday thirteenth. But yeah, so now they're at a mysterious lake with somebody pointing a gun to Mare's head, 
And that's where we'll pick up next week with another exciting episode. No, just kidding. Oh, oh. <laughs> I always wanted to end an episode about like, like that, but we really can't because we got to give the shout outs and the socials and all that kind of stuff. So. All based solely on the we word. reading with the Rockefeller. Exactly. Yeah, all of this is based solely on the word of the biggest douche they've ever met. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And that's saying something. Yeah. They've come right. across some characters. So I'm going to throw out for fan casting right now already for this guy. I will not accept anybody else other than Jared Leto. Why? Is Jared Leto old enough to play this guy? Is sure. he not older? He's my age. Jared Leto's a little older than me. Guy, this guy not look older than that? He looks yeah. way older, but he's really not. Mayor says she can tell that he's younger, but just what he's seen has aged him. Well, he's But who else good. can play a smarmy douche just as good as Jared, Jordan Leto. Leto, or Jared Leto? Yeah. yeah. Gotta be Jared Leto. Fandom, back that. me up on this. I can see that. Put it in the books. Joseph Quinn is Shade. Jared Leto is John. We have a, we have to have a whole fan casting episode first. I know. First. I know. Oh, you we, a vote. We've got a lot to go into that episode. Oh my gosh, we're gonna have so much to put revisiting in some old characters. Even, but that brings me to a good point, guys. Is that we are in need of fan casting ideas. Yes, please send them to us. We are scouring shows like. Wednesday, Lock and Key, mm. all kinds of stuff with young actors. I haven't been able to be brave enough to bring myself to watch Euphoria yet because I have a teenage daughter, but it's on the list. So I'm sure there'll be people in Euphoria as well. But send us your ideas because we can't keep our eyes out for everybody. So we want to know who you guys are thinking of. You yep. can um, add us or comment over on Instagram. Over there, we are at Reading with the Rockefellers. That's probably the best place to keep up with us and all the goings-on. Uh, you can email us, uh, readingwiththerockefellers at gmail.com. That's where we like getting fan art submissions, fan casting ideas, little notes of love and encouragement. We got one this week that really meant something to us. Thank you so much, Reader, for listening out or for reaching out to us. So we really appreciate you guys hanging in there with us. You can also hop over to the website, which is www.readingwiththerockefellers.com. All of our episodes are there, as well as fan art from season one, our smiling faces, the blog posts that we have, all kinds of good stuff you can find over there at readingwiththerockefellers.com. So with that, we will see you guys next week with another discussion episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.